Welcome to Two Beers In. I'm your host, J.D. Miller. And you know, we've had some technical glitches here, I'm not going to lie, but we're, we're, we're fighting through them. And joining us uh, via the Skype line for episode 226 of Two Beers In, from the Memphis area, we have Mark Jordan. How you doing, Mark? Doing great. And How are you, J.D.? I'm, well, I'm fantastic now. Now that I'm talking to you gents... I'm great. (laughs) I've got uh, also on the line uh, from Iowa, Pete Helmstead. How are you doing, Pete? Doing well, J.D. How's it in uh, Chicago? You know what? It's a crazy time because uh, for a number of reasons. One, it's Lollapalooza weekend. So they're setting up the stage. They're shutting down streets downtown uh, in the Loop and Grand Park area. Uh, So everybody's getting ready for it. I am not one of those people. I went to Lollapalooza like Five years ago, six years ago, and it was a great time. It was a great time. Soundgarden played. <laughs> we'll talk about Soundgarden a little bit. It was their reunion uh, concert, and I saw Cypress Hill play, Wolf Mother, uh, and some up-and-comers. It, it was a fun time. Um, I am not of the demographic for Lollapalooza anymore, um, <laughs> but it, 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 it's fun to, to have that excitement of, of that coming around um but yeah it's, it's it's a fun time in the city especially with festivals going on all around every neighborhood seems like it has a festival right now so to answer your question it's an awesome time and it's also an awesome time for beer and yesterday i i had the the privilege of going to revolution uh brewing company in chicago um you might uh Know them from Antihero, uh, a great IPA that you can kind of get pretty much anywhere now. But Revolution's a great place. And what I'm drinking as we're recording tonight um, is also brewed in Chicago. I am drinking Lagunitas IPA. Uh, love me some Lagunitas. They've got a great uh, brewery and tap room in the Pilsen neighborhood in, here in Chicago. And this Lagunitas IPA. It's got a. I always love when there's a great description of a beer. On it, it says, "Thanks for choosing to spend the next few minutes with this special homicidally hoppy ale. <laughs> Savor the moment as the raging hop character engages the imperial qualities of the malt foundation in mortal combat on the battlefield of your palate." Mm. <laughs> yeah, well, I want well, that job. Behind. I want that gig too. Yeah, to exactly. Write those things, right? <laughs> so. Probably I, I, have to have eight of them before you write it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. I, I, I see you've got a, a, a big old growler with you, Jordan. What do you got? Yeah, I got uh, Hofbrau Dunkel uh, from... Bless you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I know I have to work on my German here. Uh, Hofbrau House America. Uh, yeah, just a good good dark beer. Uh, got a little spice to it. I mean, but still very rich, uh, flavorful. So Nice. Goes down smooth. Did you did you get this at Growlers to go? Oh, the oh, the on tap, yeah, the local on tap Growlers. I love place. that place. I, yeah, uh, we went there as I don't know how long ago, year maybe, and we walk in. It's just a wall of taps, and you fill up Growlers. It was I. It was like a utopia. I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Pete, what do you got? I'm back. Uh, you know, your guys are hometown brewery. I went to Decorah, Iowa. Town of about what two thousand people, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> uh, they have a great brewery though, Toppling Goliath Brewing, and I have their uh, India Pale Ale. It's called Golden Nugget, and it's uh, it's pretty good. It's uh, I'm be first to admit I'm not a huge 
IPA guy, but this one's not bad. It's got the uh, citrus and evergreen taste, but still a little bit of sweetness. Nice. And as all of uh, Toppling Goliath's beers on the can, it says, live beer, please refrigerate. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And, you know, th- this time of year is perfect for IPAs. When it's super hot, you want a beer to, it's hoppy, it's got a higher alcohol content, so you get more bang for your buck. It, it's it is a great time for for IPAs, but Mark, you went dark today, didn't you? I did. Yeah, it, it, right. I don't know. It, yeah, well, the temperature around here, the we we had been um, we'd had a week or two with the heat index pushing 110. We got down into the 90s again, low to mid 90s. So I kind of felt like a cold spell. So I don't know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Well, guys, we we have an awesome show. Um, we're going to hear from uh, the host of Taking the Charge podcast, Dave Hine. Uh, he's an international sports journalist. Uh, he's got a, a website, Hine News. Um, he talks about covering the Olympic Games. Uh, Matthew Johnson will join us in a little bit with an interview with Dave. Um, and he's actually joining us from Germany, which is awesome. He covered the Olympics in Sochi and gives us an inside glimpse of, of what, it's to, what, what to expect there. Uh, we're going to talk a little football. And then also some music. I've got some new tunes for you. We're going to rock out today, guys. We're, we we got a lot of, uh, of fun to go. We're even going to get uh, some take on uh, some bizarre things like uh, Nintendo, Pokemon Go, <laughs> and America Beer. So, uh, But to start us off, you know, Minnesota and the NFL and the football world lost a great uh, recently in, in, in Danny Green at 67 of a heart attack. Uh Pete got to know Denny. I got to know Denny as journalists. Uh, we both covered him when he was uh, head coach in Minnesota. And, you know, it, you know, it, it was he, he commanded a room like you would go um, the, the Metrodome, the, as fabulous as the Metrodome was to get to the press room. Like it. it I mean, it's like you're in a steam room somewhere. You know, going through you know these t- the, the hallway to get there, and it is a tiny room that you're in. You set up your equipment, and you just stand there and wait, and you wait, and you wait as a journalist waiting for the coaches to stop talking to the players after a game, and then come in and give their comments. And Denny Green, like the second he walked in, I mean, he's like a president. He commanded the room, um, but it, it, it's it's. You know, a tremendous loss because that that guy brought so much personality um, to the game, and the players loved him. You know, they they threw around the term player coach a lot, and you hear that a lot, you know from a lot of people. But you know, Chris Carter came out uh, recently and said he wouldn't have, he wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame if it wasn't for Denny Green, and uh, he, he 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 was he was fun too and energetic, um, Pete. You covered him for a number of years. Pete and I worked together doing sports for the, for those newer listeners um, back in the '90s. Oh man, that makes it sound old, Pete. Yeah, big time. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but we worked uh, we worked together uh, at a CBS affiliate in, in Iowa and Minnesota, and and so we we did get to cover him. You know, every Sunday they were home, and and Pete, what what kind of memories do you have of Denny? I guess the one thing I always remember about him is I don't. You know, you said it really well that he commanded a room, and there was no doubt about that. He'd come into that press conference afterwards, and they always would have like an opening statement, more or less. And Denny was usually talking as his first foot stepped on the platform where the mic was. He might not even be totally up to the uh, podium yet, and he was talking. But he, uh, I never felt that he was really the warm and fuzzy 
guys around the media anyway. Right. But he was always professional. You know, sure, he probably had bad days or grumpy days, but he never really came off as being angry. Um, yeah, frustrated, disappointed maybe, but not the angry guy that you see so many times with coaches and press conferences these days. The one thing that I thought was really telling, and you touched on it a little bit as well with the uh, player's coach, um, look at the people he had. Wow. And they were successful. You know, Chris Carter coming out of Philadelphia, out of the situation there and what he turned into. Randy Moss. You know, Randy Moss, yeah, he had his moments, but most of his major moments came after Danny Green had left. And I think the one that really hit me, somebody who's not afraid to speak his mind, is Robert Smith. And Robert Smith, after Denny Green died, he tweeted out that uh, he said, I lost my mother in April. Today, I feel like I lost my father. Mm-hmm. So that, that was, that was yeah, it was. And it was kind of interesting. I read an article with Robert Smith, and uh, I believe when he was at Stanford, when Denny Green was at Stanford, um, he tried to get Robert Smith. And, of course, Smith went to Ohio State. And uh, he, when he drafted him, he called him. You know, Robert Smith, Denny Green called him and said, you got away from me once. You're not getting away this time. <laughs> so sounds like they had a great relationship. And it was just, it was fun. I remember going up there once and doing a story out in Eden Prairie where they have their uh, headquarters. And I was up there alone for some reason. So I was doing everything myself. And uh, it was me and like three Twin Cities television reporters. And then he came over to do the interview after practice and everybody just stood there. And I was like, oh, what the heck? And I just so I asked the first question from this small television market out of Mason City, Iowa. And there's three Twin Cities media just standing around. It was kind of funny because you could see Denny just kind of glanced at me and like went, all right, you're not just hanging around. You're here to actually do a job. And, <laughs> and he was great. He was great. He gave a great interview and was very professional and very fun to talk to. But, yeah, I, I was shocked. I was really shocked. I've heard yeah. uh, Brian Billick, Tony Dungy. You know, he, he had a little bit of a coaching tree. Two of his you know coordinators went off to win Super Bowls. One's going into the Hall of Fame in a week or two. So it's it's pretty impressive. Well, it, it, yeah, and just look the tradition it started. You know, you had Billick, yeah. you had Dungy, you had Mike Tomlin. You know, yep. and Mike Tice. Yep. Yep. And yeah, he, he definitely, but you know, it also, if you look, he was, uh, an assistant in Iowa, I believe he was, he yeah. actually played in Iowa. Yep. And so, yeah. And Iowa has been known to have that coaching tree as well. Uh, so he, he definitely took care of those people around him and surrounded himself w- with amazing people in Minnesota in that market at that time, uh, had two guys who, were kind of cut from the same cloth in in TK with the Twins and, and Denny Green. And to have those guys in, in a smaller market like Minnesota is is actually pretty amazing and because they're two really legends now. Um, so it, it, it's it's so sad to see, uh, it, you know, hear someone like this go so young. I'll be really curious to see what the, the Vikings do um, what, when the season starts, because you know they'll honor him in, in some way. And, you know, they have a new stadium. Maybe there's going to be something naming. I don't know. Maybe you've heard something, Pete. Uh, but th- th- there's definitely a lot of opportunities, and I'm sure Minnesota will take advantage of that to, to really honor Denny. Yeah, I haven't heard of anything as of yet, but I completely expect something like that. 
And I don't know if you guys heard or not, the day he passed away was the day they were having a huge grand opening for the new stadium. And, you know, it was kind of obviously very, very bittersweet. And they, they held a moment of silence before they cut the ribbon and everything for him and then, you know, proceeded, which you had to do. But it sounds like they handled it very well. And it was just it's kind of bizarre, the timing of it on Friday, because they had that Friday and then Saturday, Sunday. And I believe Friday afternoon, too, they had the Dome open for, or the Dome, the U.S. Bank Stadium open <laughs> for... Uh, That's going to take a little while to get used to that, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> For public tours, and uh, so it was a big weekend. A lot of uh, attention up there, and he won't he won't be forgotten. Yeah, uh, one quick thing I want to throw in too. You mentioned the coaching tree a little bit. That's one thing that they talked about. All the people I've heard, uh, Billick, Dungy, a lot of these guys, was that Dennis Green took pride in seeing his assistant coaches move on. He wasn't one of those guys who would try to hold them back or keep them away. He took pride because that meant he was helping them succeed. And Billick was hilarious. They uh, talked to him and they asked him what he was like to work with. And he said, well, he was great. You know, he always would work with the team, obviously. But during the game, you know, he was the offensive co- or Billick was the offensive coordinator. And Denny Green let him call the game. He said during practice, Denny would always run the scout team. The reason he would do that is because he wanted to see what the offense was going to be doing. He wanted to know what to expect and just really have a good understanding of what Billick was trying to do. And Billick said the only thing Danny Green would do once in a while says he'd be looking at his play chart and they'd be in the heat of the game. And all of a sudden, Danny Green would click in on his headset and say, boy, we sure worked on running screens a lot during practice this week. (laughs) And Billick said, I would look at my card and go, holy crap we this is the perfect time and he said nine out of ten times we'd run that play and it would be a huge gainer for it he said so he just had a feel for everything that was happening and how it should happen and why it should happen and when it should happen and i tell you what those were fun screens to watch with robert smith oh man that's as the best screen offense i think i've seen i may be a little biased but i thought they were awesome (laughs) uh well it'll be fun to 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 see and 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 relive some of those those memories like pete and i had from the 90s and and uh speak by the way speaking of, of memories from the 90s i'm so excited guys i i can't believe i can contain my excitement for this but I also was very close to doing this show only by myself today because Pete and Mark didn't remember the name of a band I, I, I said. And I, and I had to play my phone over the microphone. I'm like, no, you know this song. You know this song. The group Temple of the Dog is reuniting. Now, some of you younger listeners may not remember them. They had one album, 1991 album. This was a little bit of a precursor to Pearl Jam. It was before Pearl Jam 10 came out. Um, Soundgarden had Louder Than Love out. Um, so it was before their big breakout of, of Bad Motorfinger. And Mother Love Bone was part of that as well. Uh, it, it was a bit of a tribute album. But they did one album. And it did okay. And then Pearl Jam blew up. And Soundgarden blew up. And then all of a sudden they found these guys did this together. Then the album blew up uh, a little bit later to, to be, you know, a highly rated album. They, they had the song uh, Hunger Strike uh, with Eddie Vedder and Chris Cornell doing some, some great vocals on that. 
So they're reuniting for a concert, and it's going to be in New York. It's going to be in Philadelphia. It's going to be in San Francisco. It's going to be, I believe, in L.A. And you know where it's not going to come? Chicago. So I'm not going to be able to see it. I'm so upset because I really want to see this show. Um, they got to have more than more than five five dates. But it got me thinking, guys. You know what type of reunion group of they got to be alive? Would you guys love to see come together? Because if you would have asked me this question a month ago, I would have been like, I I want to see Temple of the Dog. I I really want to see Temple <laughs> of the Dog. Uh, but it, now it's here, and I really won't get to see it. But hopefully they t- film it or something. But I'm, I'm going to start with you, Mark. Is, is there a, a, a reunion type of group you would love to see? Oh, geez. I might have to think on that one a second. Yeah, I, I don't know that I uh, – man. I might have to pass for the moment. Like, Wow. I know. <laughs> well, you are a country fan. I know you are too, Pete. But um, I, I will go to Pete. Pete, you know, is, is, is there, you know, you know, you Thanks, Mark, I was expecting you to stall a little bit. For me. <laughs> I even gave you a heads up. I even gave you a heads up. You know, it, it, it's funny too, because you, you've got some of these, uh, groups, super groups that are kind of forming right now, um, like profits of rage, which yeah. is Cypress Hill with rage against the machine. And I love Rage Against the Machine back in the day. You know, Cypress Hill, yeah, I like them too. They're fine. Um, but I heard them on, uh, or watched them on Jimmy Kimmel this week. Um, they're playing some sort of political thing. Um, and they had a big banner behind them, and it says, make, um, let's see, uh, let's make Rage great again, or something like that. <laughs> or let's make Rage again, or something like that. Uh, but... Uh, but they sounded awesome. I, it was it was a they, they did killing in the name, and I was so so thrilled um, to hear that. So, in all uh, fairness, JD, yeah. you, what what threw me off is uh, you said they got to be alive, and the names I kept drumming up in my head. I'm like, ah, they're either all or <laughs> partially <laughs> not here. So, <laughs> like, like who? I was I was gonna say uh, like maybe Simon and Garfunkel. Oh, <laughs> wow. you're, you're reaching back. You know, well, you know, Paul Simon played at the DNC this, you know, yes, this he week. Did. Um, he he he's not looking good. No, I agree. I was shocked. Like I'll, I'll throw one out that's going to be, and I think maybe Mark will agree with this one. That'd be kind of interesting. Get Brooks and Dunn back together. Oh yeah, they had you know <laughs> hit after hit after hit, and now they're both yeah. both kind of pretty quiet. So that's that's what I'm going to say. I pick bands with staying power, JD. I don't pick these flash in the pans and just go their separate ways <laughs> and then have to get back together. <laughs> oh, man. All right. All right. Well, I'm going to play some music for you. This isn't a reunion band. This is a, a, a group that I've had on before. I've talked about them a, a couple years ago. Um, it's a Danish rock band called Volbeat. Um, hard rock band, but they've got like some rockabilly in there. This song, they have a little bit of choir in there. It's a song called Goodbye Forever. It's off the Seal the Deal and Let's Boogie album. And after we hear this tune by Volbeat, we'll have Matthew Johnson on, and he is going to talk with David Hine, a guy who's covered the Olympics before, talking about the Rio games. Stick around. Listen to the evening Have you ever felt a dog? 
going to hear from David Hine. Matthew Johnson sat down with David to talk about the Rio games. David runs Hine News, featuring human interest features brought home to the local level, as well as leading. Uh, he's a leading analyst on the world of sports from an international standpoint. He's an American from Chicago, decided to take a chance on living abroad. He's been in Germany since 1997, and he covers a ton of different sports. So without further ado, we'll go to Matthew Johnson. Welcome back to Two Beers In. I'm Matthew Johnson. Her name is Rio, and she dances on the sand. And when she shines, she really shows you all she can. We are fast approaching the 31st Olympiad in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. And to talk about the 2016 Games is sports reporter and host of the Taking the Charge podcast, David Hine. David, welcome to the show. It's great to be on. We're, uh, you know, you know we're, we're always about the beer here on Two Beers In, and you're in Germany. So I uh, wonder what you're drinking today. Uh, well, you got me actually in the afternoon. Okay. Uh, early afternoon, so I had to I had to go alcohol free. Uh, but it's uh, it's actually something that my wife turned me on to. It's a Riedel Riedelberger Dinkel alcohol free. So there's um, 50% spelt malt, um, and it's actually an isotonic beverage. They say qualified for athletes. It's a nice, wonderful beer. Really, um, I always kind of joke with my wife, um, you know, that she's drinking beer and. Um, and she says, yeah, but it's, uh, isotonic, you know, it's for athletes and stuff. So, but it's very, it's very tasty, very refreshing. And, and so in honor of, of being on two beers in, I figured I have to drink a beer being three o'clock in the afternoon. I said, Meh, and I'm working and hmm, should maybe go with an alcohol free. So, and it's isotonic prost. <laughs> You're talking about me. Yeah. Cheers to you too, friend. Um, <laughs> Oh, oh, and 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 the 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 the, the lid of the bottle. Uh, it says no to fracking, nine to fracking. <laughs> also, a cool little element. <laughs> didn't expect that beer, did you? <laughs> I, I I did not. I did not expect the beer to be talking to me about energy resources. Okay, very good. Um, isotonic. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I don't think I've heard that word. You said like seven words I'd never heard before in that in that phrase. I'll have to look them up after we're done. It's a dinkle. Wheat. It's, yeah. it's a little higher quality uh, of, a, of a grain. Mmm. Dinkle. <laughs> you like dinkle? I don't know what dinkle is. It's, it's a form of a wheat. Okay. Very good. I like wheat. I like okay. gluten. I like all those things. All the things that are bad for you, I enjoy them very much. I think you'd like it. I think I, you'd like it. it it's, it's, not, it's hard to get. You probably wouldn't be able to get it. I know you get some Lithuanian stuff, but... I, be... I would not be able to get it. You're right. It's hipster German beer. I don't, I don't get it, and I won't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, the story uh, many of us are wondering about is the games themselves. Uh, you you covered the 2014 games in Sochi, which were an absolute mess, too. What was that like? Um, I was up in the mountains, uh, Krasnaya, Krasnaya uh, up in Sochi. Um, but, I mean, they just built these two villages out of nothing, you know, and, uh, and right on the, right on the, the, the seaside there. I was never... I never feared for my life at all. You know, I never had any sort of security concerns. You know, I mean, you 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 went from one check to the next. You you took buses. You know, there was really good uh, bus transportation uh, to the events. The actual running of the games, the operations of of the events, 
you know, I didn't have any problems at all. You know, I mean, there was this huge problem with the apartments at the beginning and, and to be honest, okay. Athletes are absolutely number one. You have to have the athletes, uh, accommodations ready, but you have to have, Hey, let me come on. You have to have the, the, the media. Um, this is, this is no, this is no way me saying I want my place perfect at all, but these media people come there a few days in advance and they just have, they have to write something, you know? And then when you have a, if you have a, uh, a shower with no curtain or if you're, or, you know, you, you guys read all of these, uh, all the stories that came out of the, you know, those first few days and, you know, that just puts such a damper on everything that happened to, to be honest though. I mean, I, I, I made it down for, from, uh, I made it down to, um, to the seaside one time and actually checked out some hockey and, and that whole resort there where like the villages, you know, where, where, you know, those, those stadiums were all really close. You had the, the skating center, you had the figure skating, you had the, um, the Olympic stadium, you had the ice dome, they were all really close together. I mean, so you could really walk from one thing to the next and it was like not even 10 minutes and you had the flame there and you had the Meadows Plaza there. So in, in that regard, it was actually, you know, that, that area down by the sea, was was pretty nice you know like i said i only came down for that once for that one time um but that cluster really um they did a good job with that i mean okay they were able to build it all up and you know because there was nothing there but i mean that okay so that also begs the the question about sustainability i mean what are they doing there now i mean sochi okay they'll have some they'll have some winter uh they'll have some winter sport events i think the bobsled championship uh, world championships are you know the next whatever one two years and you know there's a formula one race there you know so you can use some of the accommodations and stuff like that and some of the venues how do you think rio's problems are going to compare to this we, we've heard about water issues we've heard about safety issues construction issues what are you hearing going into into rio uh that, that has you concerned you know, I think um, I, I think that if there's a uh, a public outcry or whatever, you know, protests, uh, Rio, I mean, uh, Brazil, the government, obviously, then we don't have the 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 hard hand, the heavy hand that Putin has. So you saw it at the at the world uh, at the World Cup. You know, you had you had people uh, protesting. There'll there'll be some causes that will will get some uh, will get some protests. Uh, coming through somehow, uh, building construction, you know, uh, obviously, you know, Putin could just put in more money, have their people, have his people work, you know, that many more hours and, and whatever, and just pump all the money in to make sure it's time, you know, done on time. Uh, and I haven't really been keeping track on, on, on what the facilities, um, are like there in, in Rio, as far as getting done on time. Um, but I mean, okay, it's the Olympics, and you have to imagine the the facilities are going to be ready. You know, I mean, I don't think that the IOC could could um, take this uh, could take a bashing if they have you know whatever facilities not done. I mean, so there's going to be problems without a doubt. Um, but you know, I don't I don't think there's going to be. I hope there's not going to be any major thing and any any concerns. The water, I tell you what, I'm glad I'm not uh, going to be swimming in there. I mean, that that's a hard one. That's a hard one to deal with. And Zika too, right? There's a threat of the Zika virus as well. That's got everybody yeah. concerned. Yeah, wouldn't want to be there. I mean, I, I didn't go to the I didn't go to the World Cup also, just because uh, uh, two years ago, just because you know, also just the entire um, chaos mess, you know, just the 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 bigness of it. Now, Dave, these were the the games that Chicago bid for and lost, and you're originally from Chicagoland, so I wonder, was it a good thing for your hometown to lose these games? Did, did Chicago actually win by losing? Yes and no. There's the prestige that goes along with it, you know. I mean, you know, Chicago 
is, and I think most of the American cities, you know, you're going to have to build up some new facilities. You're going to get a new stadium. You're going to get something. And, you know, Chicago has so much, so many different sports that they probably could have benefited from it. You know, I'm, I'm sure the bears would have loved to have a new stadium and, you know, maybe you know, dream, let's dream a little bit. Maybe the sky, isn't that the, the women's basketball team? Yes. That they could have their own place where they could play basketball. You know, or you could, you could put in, you know, um, you could put in DePaul, you know, some of the sports from, from, some, from the colleges in the city. So I think those facilities that would have been built up would be used. And that's why I think most of the American cities, the major ones, they could survive this because those would be sustainable because there's so many sports, especially in the bigger cities. You also have um, like L.A., you have UCLA, you have USC and you and you have all the different sports at those colleges. So in one in one hand, OK, you, you'd have these new facilities, What how many there would have been. I don't know. I mean, they would have gotten the money to to, to help build those. So you would have you would have had. Um, some new facilities where, where those would have been built. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there's not a lot of room downtown at all. Right. Yeah. They were looking at uh South side and West side for a lot of this stuff. South side. So, you know, the area could be, could have been built up a little bit, received some, some, some financial benefit to, to improve the infrastructure in those areas. So I think there's the one hand you, you could have, um, it could have been a benefit, uh, but on the other hand, you know, it's also X million from people running around the city. Um, thanks, but I don't want to be driving around the city much anyhow. And then, in the, you know, during the Olympics, um, you know, and, and, and there's going to be some controversy somehow, you know, there's going to be some, I don't know, some uh, po- political thing, you know, you know, somebody taking money from somebody to get something done in their district or whatever, something's coming out, you know, it. Um, so there's that backlash that would come up. Um, so, you know, weigh it, you know, I mean, I, I have a lot of friends that say we're, you know, we're happy they don't have it. Um, but you know, on the other hand, I think there would, there would have been some benefits, um, to, to have it in there. So, all, all things to keep in it mind. Would have been, it would have been they're... fun. I'm actually, I would have actually maybe gone to those Olympics, Summer Olympics. That may have been my first Summer Olympics uh, because obviously, you know, hometown and everything would have been kind of neat. So, You may get a chance because I hear that Chicago is trying to bid again for the 2020-something. If... Hey, hey, they might as well bid for the Winter Olympics. I mean, Beijing is doing the Winter Olympics in 2022. I mean, how does that work? Wow. You yeah, could, 2022 could... Winter Olympics are in Beijing. We could have the... Uh... The skiing at Chestnut Mountain, <laughs> or at uh, Mount. What's the what's the other one in the suburbs? Villa Olivia. <laughs> you skied there, didn't you, Dave? I never did. Oh. I never skied until I came to Europe. So I think it was a garbage mound before, and they turned it into a <laughs> ski hill. Um, you know, th- th- these Olympics are an expensive affair. We talked about that, and we live in an era when, especially here, when we face this with the Chicago project, um, people aren't really wanting to fund public things and large scales anymore. Are we at the end of the modern Olympics? Will there be a 50th summer games? Yeah, I think there will be, you know, might, you might have co-hosting. Um, you might have, you know, two bigger cities kind of closer to one another, you know, let's say maybe two hours difference, you know, between them, different distance between them. And, you know, that might be a way to kind of, um, make it a little more manageable. Um, you know, because it's such a mammoth, 
uh, a mammoth event. Um, so, you know, maybe you have sort of uh, collaborations uh, in that regard. Um, you know, some of the other sports are kind of doing that, like the football, the soccer, football, soccer a few years ago. You know, they did in, in Belgium and um, in Holland. Uh, you know, basketball is doing it more and more. And so, I mean, that might be a way, but I, I just think that the Olympics will still be there because, you know, none of these, I mean, these sports, this is for a lot of these sports, you know, it's like their one time to shine, you know? I mean, I don't know how many people in, in America really think that the, that these guys ski once a, once every four years, you know? Probably a lot of people think that that's the case. Yeah, Bodie, Bodie, Bodie Miller skis only once every four years or whatever, you know? That's, I, 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 I think that a lot of people, or, or Usain Bolt runs once every four years, you know? And so this is really their one time to really shine. You know, think about the gymnast, gymnasts, you know? I mean, these girls, you know, they become heroes and idols for millions of, of, of youngsters and, you know, so I can't imagine any of these sports saying, no, let's just, do, you know, get rid of it, sit down and figure out, okay, well, how do we do it? And, 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 you know, you see some of these other sports that are doing co-hosting and, you know, in essence, you have a co-hosting thing with the, with the winter Olympics, because you have the mountain events, you have the mountain location. Um, so I, I mean, I think that might be the way that, um, that it would, that it would go. If not, all these sports just get relegated to ESPN3, right? That's where they all are now when they're not on the Olympic competitions. Yes. I watch a lot of ESPN3. It's pretty fun. I think I probably would watch more ESPN3 than ESPN. Yeah. <laughs> I know I probably would. It's the only man. place that I can see cricket and rugby. Yeah. Yeah. In the States, at least. I don't know about you. You probably get to see more of that. On, in no, the- we don't. Actually, we, I mean, in Germany, we don't have, we don't have any cricket and, and no rugby. But but you know what's but but you know what's really cool. I mean, you know, being here in Europe, I know this might not be the topic, but you know you, you get to see different stuff. You know, um, you know, because there's there's a different take on things. Like like um, when I, I'm I'm going to go up to Berlin to cover the 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 soccer, the European Championship, and there's a Jugger tournament. I don't know if you know what Jugger is from Blood of Heroes. There's this like futuristic film, and it's like this really brutal sport. And but they, um, where people die and stuff in competition. Blood of Heroes. Um, it's an old movie, uh, and they've adapted the sport and made it into like a playable sport because people like like the movie and stuff. And or chess boxing, you know. There's 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 a wor- there's a world championship for uh, rock paper scissors. Seriously, I, I've heard of that. Yes, my daughter wants to compete in that. I would I love think. to go see that. And, and, and hey, oh, I went to the I went to the World Beer Championship uh, last October. No, wait, wait, Not, stop! Tell me about that. What is the World Beer Championship? It's a World Beer and Mustache Championship. You have absolute freaks. Unbelievable! It's absolutely insane. Um, <laughs> there's like. I don't know. There's probably like 20 different, no, it's probably 30 different categories, uh, 15, 15, uh, mustache and beard. Um, and like a Garibaldi beard. Um, there's the, the absolute, like if you put in, like if you put in, in Google pictures, um, uh, world beer championship, um, you'll get the freestyle full beard. Those are the guys that are like, kind of like the rock stars who just take their beard and just do, absolutely insane stuff. I mean, not, not this past year, but there was a guy who actually built like a bridge 
like a drawbridge, whatever, out of his beard. <laughs> could, could I drive a car across it? <laughs> you could probably drive a little matchbox car. Nice. You seriously, you seriously probably could. Nice. Um, and recreate was, the Blues Brothers. I was so scared that when I went there, I went there with my wife, and she was able to take pictures. Right, so I went there with my wife, and I had I was really scared about how I would. You know, what what I would feel because these guys are so out there with their creations and their creations. Go put in World Beer Championships and um and uh, check it out. It's it's and and in 2017, so next year it's in Austin, Texas. So any listeners in, in the in the Austin, Texas area. Uh, next year they're coming to they're coming to your town. <laughs> Maybe the key to saving the Olympics is to put the world beer competition into uh, the Olympics, right? I think that would save it and chess boxing and yeah, there you go. jugular whatever. Jugger, 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 which which looked like roller derby without the rollers in some ways. No, um, it's even it's even more brutal, man. <laughs> Blood of heroes. Go check out the movie. We'll do that. Uh, if you want to check out uh, David's work, get connected to his uh, Taking the Charge podcast and his writing, visit HeinNews.com, H-E-I-N News.com. David, thanks for your time. Uh, we'll look forward to reading more from you. Thank you very much. Hey, I felt pity when they turned out the light. I didn't know just what was going on when all my guts were telling me Johnson and David Hine uh, talking about the, the Rio games. But now it's time for our six-pack of questions. And one we're going to start out with deals with beer. <laughs> a macro brew made a huge move and said, you know what I'm going to do this summer? Yeah, it's a political year. It's the Olympics. It's a summer. We're going to change our name to America. Budweiser changed their name to America. And Mark Jordan and I actually, we were together on a brewery tour at, uh, right. at at Budweiser, it's it's actually a decent tour. But did they fail? Did Budweiser fail in this uh, marketing attempt, Mark? Ah, uh, if I mean, I would say they didn't succeed. So if, if by that definition you would say they, <laughs> I don't know if there's any middle ground. I don't know that. Yeah, it certainly fell well short of expectations. And in the world of marketing and hoorah and wow i mean that's a failure so uh, yeah i mean i don't think it really burned them too badly but certainly wasn't the big lift off that they were expecting I, and I, I think i know what the answer to this question is going to be but uh pete are you doing pokemon go <laughs> <laughs> that would be a that would be in my mind as successful as america <laughs> for budweiser <laughs> no i am not going after pokemons <laughs> you know, it, it, it's funny because one of the last humans on the face of the planet to get a smartphone is Mark Jordan. And Mark, are I was you? Just say, I just got a smartphone. Free. I'm not going to chase these Pokemon's or whatever the hell they are. <laughs> hey, I, and I'm going to go to to Jordan. Chris Sale lost his, you know what, because of a throwback jersey. Cut it up. Said it was he couldn't pitch and it couldn't perform in it. Was his suspension warranted? Oh, it, 
I think it was warranted, but I think he had a point. I think there's a, I think I don't know. Yeah, um, he went a little nuts. It's very was he unique. A cry baby? Was he a cry baby? About well, I don't know. You know, I think he went a little nuts for the situation, but I, I do think maybe getting out there, being a little crazy, opens a dialogue about such things. You know, we see this stuff all the time, and he raised some points about. Uh, he said the jerseys were uncomfortable. He thought the team was prioritizing uh, marketing over winning. May have been some fair points in there. Um, certainly, to go up, cutting up the jerseys and throw a fit uh, was maybe the you know a little crazy way of going going about it. But I certainly think they're the you know, hey, the guys on the field are trying to win. Teams trying to you know supposedly trying to support that effort, but market around that. Sometimes it, this was an instant. It's a really butted heads. Uh, you know, very unique situation. I, I, I've got to ask uh, now. Both both of you this question. We'll start with Pete. What you more excited for? Second half of Major League Baseball season or the start of NFL fall camp? <laughs> you already know my answer. <laughs> Go football. <laughs> Jordan? I... Well, since the Cardinals store is still hanging on a little bit, <laughs> uh, and, and yeah, I don't really, yeah, as of yet, my NFL interests aren't. Uh, the Cowboys are still, you know, maybe have an iffy, uh, you know, no, no big outlook there. Um, I, I, I still got a pretty good outlook for the, you know, I, I got a lot of things to see in the second half of the, or the last stretch of the NFL, MLB season. So uh, the Twins season I'm a, was I'm done a, by the end of the first month. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm a big, big Twins fan. I've been up to like five or six games and I will go again. We're planning another weekend up in September, but I am planning it around the football schedule so I can go without missing any games. <laughs> exactly. Hey, guys, uh, Nintendo and I believe it happened yesterday, Sega both came out um, saying they're going to sell uh, a mini version of their original console. So Nintendo selling the original version of their NES uh, for about 50-some dollars, preloaded with 30 classics. And Sega came out saying, hey, we're going to have like 80 games in it. Um, I got to ask you guys, because I'm not going to lie, and Jordan knows, I've got a TV, I have an old TV, and it's hooked up with the original Nintendo, an N64, I've got an original Atari that still works, I've yes. got a, uh, a PS2, and a Wii, all rocket still, all rock. yes, I know, I need a new gaming system, but I am rocking, rocking the original NES, and I'm going to ask you guys, which preloaded games would you want or what classic would you want from either Nintendo or for Sega? And I, I got to tell you, for Nintendo, for me, it's all about Super Tech Mobile because that was one that I, I just loved, followed closely by RBI Baseball. Now, the best thing about this console, I'm not even going give, to give you guys time to talk right now. The best thing about this, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. The best thing about this console is it... it, it hooks up to your HDTV and it looks decent where you try to hook that original Nintendo up to your HDTV it is painful to look at it almost looks like one of those pictures you used to see at the mall back in like the early 2000s and in, in ni 90s where it's like if you squint you can see it's oh it's a sailboat that's kind of what the it is when you hook it up but this is made for HD so I'm super excited I'm going to go to you first Mark Jordan what game do you want to see on those systems there's so many to choose from, but for some weird reason, my mind's going to this one. Double Dragon 2, I think. Just... <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's up? 
whatsoever. No, I just I, honestly like I, I'm not uh, the kind of guy you're gonna find just wandering down the street in a street fight. So that game just made me feel like I was uh, in the, in the mix. So yeah, Double Dragon two, my gonna, final answer. I'm gonna say that that's that's amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> All right, Helmstead. I personally have never owned a gaming system never how how, who are you how did you grew up on a farm my gaming was picking rocks and walking (laughs) (laughs) my my younger brother did and i did enjoy the rbi baseball yeah and uh does donkey kong count does that count as one of those i i did enjoy yeah i did enjoy that one but personally i have never owned one so going. we need. We now know we're going to be like Nikki. You got to get Pete. Yeah. PS4, <laughs> and all of a sudden we're going to be talking to Pete in like three months. Hey guys, I, I really can't do the show. I'm I'm playing Halo Five or whatever it is. <laughs> so. All right, guys. Uh, last question for you. We're we're getting ready for the fall TV season, which is crazy to think because I'm still like, hey, it's the beginning of summer, but the fall TV system, season is coming. Um, I've got to ask you though. You always wait for the fall for all these shows to come out. What non-network show is your favorite right now? And, and by that, and I'm going to give you a few that, that I'm really into. One is uh, we really got into House of Cards uh, with, with Kevin Spacey and Robin Wright on Netflix. And my wife actually just got me, and, and I'm, I'm not afraid to say it, guys. I, I'm proud of myself. I'm watching Jane the Virgin. Have you guys seen that show? It is hilarious. It is hilarious. So are you even into non-network shows? And if so, what are you watching, Mark? Yeah, not really into it. But for some reason, it's a really weird off on a tangent. I guess Game of Thrones is still on, right? Like, it is. I don't watch well, it. Well, yeah, it, it's in, it's in between seasons, but it, um, it you, you can definitely check it out on Netflix, I believe, and you can check it yeah. out on demand. I'll, I'll, I always get I always get cracked up just watching that one from a distance, and like not watching, just hearing people comment on it. So great show. I don't. Yeah, non-network. I don't watch much, uh, but we we will do, we do watch uh, Big Bang Theory. So I'll be kind of curious to see, get plugged back into that one. Pete, I know, you know in between, you know. Picking rocks, as you said. Uh, <laughs> anything? We had three channels when I grew up. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> wow, you're almost dating yourself, but I remember when we had three channels. Uh, there you go. <laughs> a- anything you're into? Um, we we watched Big Bang Theory, which obviously isn't non-network. But other than that, no, there really isn't. It's uh, We used to, and I don't even know if it'll be back this year. It might be back. I don't know. It's not really a series. It's a kind of a reality thing, but uh, Full Throttle Saloon that was on oh, Spike yeah. TV, I believe, yep. you know, based out of Sturgis. There you go. And, that uh, is non-network, Pete. There you go. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Wow, I'm hip. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you just use the word hip, so you just totally yeah. lost it. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, fellas, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, our last call. We're going to start in Knoxville, Tennessee. Tennessee, firefighters in Tennessee, say a local woman 
caused a fire in her home. It, it, it is extremely sad that this fire happened. But how it happened is what is the most amazing part. She started a fire after attempting to barbecue a brisket in her bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> they found the woman fanning flames from her apartment and said there's a fire in her bathroom. She attempted to cook a brisket over an open flame in her bathtub and called the incident <laughs> a first in our books. Fire crews reported the woman lit a wood-burning grill inside her bathtub and placed meat on a wire rack across her room before the heat melted through the tub's fiberglass exterior. Clearly, the tub and the brisket were both a total loss, said the fire chief. The apartment <laughs> below suffered minor, minor water damage. Uh, the woman noticed that 50% of residual fires occur as a result of cooking-related incidents. Now, I've, I have... Uh, Defried turkeys over at Pete's house. I can see how that would happen. Uh, That's outdoors. <laughs> now, not the first time. No, I'm kidding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, if you're going to make a brisket, make it outside, guys. Don't make it in your bathtub. Uh, I've made briskets in the smoker before, and in they take a long, in your bathtub? a long time. I don't know how that was going to even be thought of as a good idea. <laughs> it's yeah, always say, good advice to, to not prepare or eat food in the bathtub. Like. Seriously. <laughs> seriously. And you know, that, that's the, the, the sign of a good barbecue is like, how good is the brisket? That's like my, yeah. my benchmark. I don't want bathtub brisket. I just don't no. want bathtub brisket. <laughs> All right, guys. The last one is uh, from Chicago. A brewery in Chicago uh, enlisted the help uh, to, to get rid of pests around uh their grain you know they're they're brewing and and they don't want pests around them what did they do who did they enlist four feral cats to defend their (laughs) grain from rats and other pests now there are four cats named venkman ray egon and gozer nice yeah exactly We're, we're brought into empirical brewing in december to keep the brewery's pest problem under control now the this is a quote from them the traditional rodent control solutions weren't working for us so we turned to cats and after a brief acclimation period the cats were free to roam around the brewery i don't know how great of an idea that is but they're free to roam around the brewery and they brought the cats in from treehouse humane society and offered them a home in exchange for their work now we built them a house we fed them we changed their litter in exchange they offered us the best control solution around now according to an faq the cats helped to protect the sterility of the grain and ultimately the integrity of the brewing process nice yeah it's kind of weird to think feral cats are saving beer (laughs) so that's going green to the extreme yeah yeah, (laughs) no kidding no kidding totally natural and it even goes to the extent uh venkman Obviously, these are all <laughs> Ghostbuster names. Venkman, the head brewery cat, I didn't know there was a hierarchy, but there is, also has his own Twitter account, which chronicles the cat's nice. adventures. <laughs> so yeah, kudos to them on the marketing stand front and you know, to, to get rid of this problem at Empirical Brewery the, uh, the, the creative way. So, yeah. All right, fellas, a huge thank you uh, to... to Matthew Johnson for, for getting us together with, with David Hine. A uh, fun interview. It'll be interesting to see what the, the Rio Olympics, uh, what brings. Uh, there's going to be problems. We already There's already problems. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Also, Pete, 
Mark, please listen to the whole Temple of the Dog album. You owe it to yourself <laughs> to do that. You owe it to the listeners. Uh, but it's been a great show. You can always follow us on Twitter at the number two beers in. You can email us at jd at two beers in dot beer. You can always go to our website to listen to past episodes, two beers in dot beer. Thank you, Pete and Mark. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks. Been fun. Wow, I'm hip. <laughs> <laughs>